Hello and welcome to the 442 Insider Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes at Australia's top football publication. This week we've been telling more incredible stories than a punch-drunk golf star mumbling on the sidewalk, covering the news on the sidewalk. Tiger Woods. What? Tiger Woods. Yeah. Ah. Why? Could be John Daly. <laughs> I thought in that punch-drunk, I didn't know if Tiger, that was Tiger Woods. Yeah, or. yeah. He got clubs for the missus, didn't he? Yeah, he got clubs. Uh, Ironically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like this. I do this line and then I don't get to the end of it anymore. It's, uh, it's it's good. So uh, carry on. Yeah. You, you've heard it all before if you've listened to the podcast. So I'm editor in chief Paul Hansford, and this week I'm joined by publisher Andy Jackson. Hello. And deputy editor Trevor Trahan. Hello. Back from uh, Germany, Germany triumphantly. Yeah. Yep. Had a good time. Great trip. Yeah. Really, really good trip. You're only there for a week, so double lot of jet lag on the way back. And, and but what saw you, the world. What did you see? Well, saw saw the World Cup ball. Unfortunately, can't tell you too much about it until after the draw. But we're going to put some um, stuff up literally as soon as the embargo comes off which is 5am Saturday morning yeah. when we're up doing the World Cup draw uh, live text we, we are doing the World Cup draw no one told me about it we live that. text draw. World Cup yeah. draw live text World Cup draw live oh ok I thought we were doing the draw I no 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 yeah. not us personally Charlie Thron's out we're there's in there's 250 million people watching it on TV and about 250 nuts on our website yeah <laughs> but we'll get to we'll get to more of that later because we'll, we'll tell you all of what we're doing but, and, um, and also like I saw you know the book Boots being made, saw Cahill's boots before they're done. But I did have a steal. Didn't you have a good nick? Were you allowed to say this on air? Well, you know, they let me. They let me take a souvenir. Um, You know, the embroidery from uh, from you know Beckham's boots for his kid's name I think they have sort of like sample embroideries of what it'll look like and they had a big pot and I picked up one and I've got I've, I've got Beckham's kids so to speak uh, but another another funny we had on, on the way back through that I was telling Paul the other day um, coming back from England had loads of you know crisps and chocolate and stuff you know from England so I ticked the food oh you know always declare I've seen border security you know declared it went to go through the guy um, you know took my uh, ticket you know looked at my name looks at me and he goes oh you're the fella off the 442 Insider podcast, aren't you? <laughs> I goes, yeah. He goes, oh, I'll try and say something nice about Liverpool once in a while. And yeah, then, excellent. And then just wave me through. There we go. So, so we're going to say something nice about Liverpool? Uh, well, it's not... Good not... win against Everton. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And now he's happy. Big up to our customs, to our peeps in customs. Yeah. I should have got his Front name. line of Australia's security. Yeah, right. Should have got his name. So, uh, but whoever you are, thanks for... Uh, yeah, it's good journalistic powers there. And, you and know. Trev, thanks for that little package that you brought through for me. Thank yeah, you those, I, I got those live snakes straight through. The, we'll take the afternoon off. Exactly. Well, look, on to, uh, on to matters uh, for what we're actually here for, which is uh, football. Round 16 at the Hyundai A-League. Uh, look back at all the games. First up on uh, Friday was Central Coast Mariners against Perth Glory. Rather surprising nil-all draw, considering the two teams and their free scoring ways lately. It was the first time in 14 games that Perth hasn't scored. Really? But, um, yeah, Mariners again. Good defence. Another clean sheet for Vukovic. Wasn't the best of games. Um, I did watch most of it. Did. Didn't really enjoy it. It was like... It had sort of nil-nil written all over it for quite a while. But... Um, 
But yeah, you know, again, Mariners not conceding, so tough to beat. But obviously their free scoring run came to an end, as it probably had to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're still right up there, third place now. So yeah, I think they'll be happy with that. Perth had the better chances, Trev, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, they're two Jekyll and Hyde teams, aren't they? So when they're facing off against each other, it could have gone either way. And when that's the case, it's normally a draw. But yeah, I mean, it's difficult to, to, to know what to say more on a nil-nil draw. They're both kind of those mid-table teams, aren't they? They're unlikely to top the table at the end, but they're going to be there or thereabouts come the finals. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the, the game on Saturday was slightly more exciting. Melbourne victory against Gold Coast played in uh, the new stadium configuration to bring the fans closer to the pitch and they they certainly got a a show in that one didn't they Trev? Yeah I mean I think it was expected considering how many injuries the Gold Coast had and the youth players and no names I hadn't heard of um, playing for them are probably going to have similar similar problems this week as well Um, Melbourne who haven't been fantastic at home this season at all um, you know really looks the part bullying a team that you'd expect them to bully Um, good to see Robbie Cruz um, go on the score sheet as well he's done really well since he's got this Good bit They're of all good goals. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'd go as far as to say probably the best performance I've seen in the A-League, certainly this season. Uh, yeah, they came out, Melbourne came out and just battered them from the start. Yeah. I watched the first, you know, I remember in the first 10, 15 minutes, they must have had six or seven good opportunities, you know, and it was just a matter of time. The configuration looked great. I mean, it was all because the FFA all part of the World Cup bid because the FFA had some journalists over at their sort of expense and wanted to showcase the A-League and with the with the best supported club. I thought it was fantastic. You know, the question is, as the interview we did with um, with uh, Adam this week of the Blue and White Brigade was, given that there's no AFL at the moment, why can't they just leave it like that for the rest of the season? Yeah. You know, maybe it's worth getting on to Melbourne or getting on to the FFA and asking that question because you would think that, I mean, I suppose the answer might be that the grass suffers if it's covered for yeah, that. Sure. But, you know, it certainly made a difference. It sounded like there were a hell of a lot more than 20,000 there. And, it, and for me, I was sat there going, I can't wait to see what Melbourne looked like when they get in that rectangular stadium because 20,000 in a 30,000 six-seater stadium where the the ends are closed in acoustics is going to sound fantastic next year yeah one thing with uh, Gold Coast is obviously there's a lot of talk about how they've been hit by injuries but after what uh, Chad said last week in our podcast is that kind of just masking some of Miron's deficiencies and he played Kalina out on the right didn't he in this game and you know, do we think that that's it, or is it really just they're missing so many key players? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a bit of both. I think they were obviously missing so many players. Although I, I would question the, the wisdom if if you are missing that that amount of players, you put your best player arguably on the fringes. You know, and I would have put Kalino in the middle and say try and hold everything together, try and break up Melbourne in the midfield. You know, their danger man Hernandez is, is, was running right through the midfield. You know, Thompson was coming deep and collecting it. So I just, you know, and if you look at the goals, you know, the one-twos that they were on the edge of the area, you know, that's the sort of area where Kalina could have been breaking that up, but he was nowhere to be seen. Hmm. It makes me wonder how safe Miron's, Miron's job is. You imagine it'd be fairly safe purely because, you know, he's been there for a while. I understand he's got a fairly good relationship with Clive. And because it's very much his squad, it's a squad that he's put together to get rid of him would be slightly foolish because then you've got a new manager to come in and he's got to deal with someone else's squad. You know, but that said, not, I can imagine Clive Palmer might be one of those chairmen to sort of change things up and he's certainly got the money to attract almost like a, a marquee manager if he needed to. It wasn't the plan always that Miron would only be managed 
manager, actual manager for season one, and then he's going to move upstairs and Paul O'Connor's right. going to take over. Right. I, I always thought that that was the sort of plan. So okay. whether that gets accelerated, but I always thought that the plan for Ocon was that he was going to be manager, day-to-day yeah. manager in season two. Okay, moving on, the second game of the Saturday was North Queensland Fury against Adelaide and uh, another disappointing performance from Adelaide and uh, Queensland running out winners there. Can I just say, me and Kev face off last week. He was adamant Adelaide were going to go there and win. I was adamant Fury were going to win. In your face. (laughs) In your face, face, Kev. Mealy mouth Scotsman. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought Fury would win. They did. You know, I mean, Adelaide got, you know, that scoreline probably flattered them a little bit with a goal and injury time. Um, Terry Cook, good debut from him. Thought he looked lively. Good addition. Um, as we predicted exclusively, I think, a couple of weeks ago, the, yeah. the first with that story again. Um, I thought he looked like a, a handy little player. Uh, again, it's another player that can give service to Fowler, which we've, we've always said is the thing. He's now, what, one goal away from Smeltz? Yeah. Two. Two well, I was actually looking at this because Smeltz is on a 11 and Fowler's on nine. nine. Yeah. And, um, that would I've, be two away. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And yeah. I was looking How at... How long did it take you to work that one out? Oh, I won the Maths <laughs> Cup at school, so instantly. <laughs> maths Cup, yeah. Um, I was looking at the betting for it because Smeltz is, is 2.1, so double your money. And considering the fact that he's already two goals in front and the fact is I think he'll hit a run of form at some point and run away with it, I think that's an easy double your money Smeltz top scorer yeah. in the A-League. Are you going to put a little bit of... Uh, a bit of a probably already on it anyway. all sorts on it um, yeah. going on to Adelaide is, uh, is Aurelio Vidmar an advent calendar manager <laughs> are his days numbered <laughs> I'm not sure you know I, I think that I, just, I think we've talked about this before he's currently employed ultimately by the FFA yeah. you know and he's clearly quite well thought of by the FFA as long as he doesn't open his mouth too much <laughs> um, so if the FFA you know ultimately the FFA would have to approve, sanction his firing I'm assuming and so then does that mean that he's no longer sort of part of the being invited to Socceroos camps to observe you know he certainly seems to have been fast tracked in that way which so, is what yeah. happened to the last Adelaide manager wasn't it or their first Adelaide yeah. manager when he got the boot he was uh, John Cosmina was not no longer but, part of the Socceroos but certainly I mean we, you know, we've seen we've seen Rudan come out this week and I, and I know that we've got an interview later with uh, with Galekovic who says something similar which is you know it's time for the senior players and all the players to take responsibility and you know deliver the performances but again you know, as, as we see a lot players say one thing and then do another yeah. uh, we've found a lot of this season whenever a team's hit you know the bottom of the ladder like Adelaide have like Fury that week is that they dig out a result that's why no one's been cut off at the bottom yet it's because they're, they're, they're finding a way to, to pick up three points when they have hit the bottom so you know that's why this week's going to be so important for Adelaide because if they don't win and our results go the, go the wrong way you know they could find themselves cut off I mean they're only three points off a of finals place exactly. they're one so win close. off being back in the finals and yeah. that, that's the thing this is there's 11 games to go so you know anyone from 10th to 1st could, could still end up in the finals and with six teams this year you know I can see it going right down to the to the last couple of weeks to yeah. who makes it and still then you could end up with teams in 8th or 9th two games to go could still make the finals it's going to be a good run in then uh, last two games on Sunday Sydney FC against Newcastle Jets only game Newcastle ever won at the SFS was the grand final never been Sydney uh, in Sydney 
but they went away winners with a couple of goals from Michael Bridges and uh, relatively disappointing performance from Sydney Trev the Jets went for it though didn't they yeah. that's what quite impressed me they seemed to you know free up front and their bench was really attacking as well I don't think they had any defenders did they um, so yeah I mean I'm not sure if his hand's slightly forced on that cleaner in terms of who he can select but it's good to see you know that they're down the bottom they're struggling they're going away to Sydney have been so good at home and you know and they've gone for it and I was thinking oh, they could really get caught out here and get a spanking but that wasn't the case at all and Bridges was absolutely fantastic like the way you know he, he took his second goal scored the penalty and set up the third and they've signed him on now haven't they for yeah. um, extended and, period yeah another two years I mean Branko absolutely outthought Levitsku in that game and what it proved is that Sydney have one way of playing and struggle to change it and we talked about it last week where the only width that Sydney are getting is from their fullbacks and Branco I think knew that so played three up front kept the fullbacks in their own half mm. so and all of a sudden Sydney have got no width you know they, they, they were playing Terry McFlynn as as right and as left and then right side of midfield you know he's not a wide player yeah. you know so they were left with you know they started with Ryan Grant again Mishalik and McFlynn you know again three central defensive midfield players and Corica you know as, as the extra man it could have been I think it could have been a different story had um, Ryan Grant scored with that opportunity in the first few minutes yeah. because then you're asking Newcastle would the heads have gone down but he missed that gives them a boost and they haven't you know they went there perfect away performance and it goes to what you're saying about them not being able to play in another manner they've lost all six games when, when going, they've gone behind. going behind and the problem is is that you know I think Branko Kalina has done every other A-league coach a favour by saying right this is how you, you stop Sydney is you, you keep the fullbacks back in their own half you yeah. know, and, and therefore they, they get no width and that, I mean that's supposed to be a trait of European managers and you know particularly good managers is the ability to to change tactics and players during the game and you know that statistic that every time they go behind they go on to lose it says that that's not the case yeah the last game Brisbane Roar against Wellington Phoenix a somewhat inevitable letdown for the Phoenix after all their uh, fantastic exertions over the last couple of weeks. But it was a very open game and, and Brisbane took their chances very well, didn't they? They won winning the game 4-1. Yeah, I mean, they, we talked about last week, they needed that win, definitely. And that takes the pressure that was starting to build, I think, on Ange off him. Um, as we've seen again, you know, just... Very few teams, although Melbourne are starting to put together a run, but with Wellington, you know, they've, they've had a good little mini run and then they go and get spanked 4-1. Mm. You know, that's what we're seeing is, is you know, the same with the Mariners, 4-0, 5-0 and then can't win at home. You know, so it just shows again the fact that they're, they're, it's such an equal league that no team's really capable of putting together four, five, six wins on the bounce. I, I think Brisbane looked really good as well. I mean, um, Ronaldo and, and Van Dijk up front together. That looks like a good combination. Tommy Orr was brilliant. Charlie Miller mm. was inventive as well. If they can sort of keep those unit of players fit and playing like that, then they'll certainly win the seventh at the moment, but they'll certainly make the finals. And who knows, they could make it a little bit further as well. And Charlie Miller is the key for me, for those guys. He's the one that has got that ability that very few people have got in the A-League from midfield to pick that pass 
at killer pass, you know, whether that be to release all wide, as we saw in some instances, or the through ball for the centre forwards. And when you've got Van Dijk and Ronaldo who can put away chances, he's the guy that's going to deliver for them. Yeah, great stuff, lads. That was round 16 in review. So we've got time for for this segment. But join us after the break. So we'll be taking a look at all the best stories from our website, including the World Cup seedings and Australia's World Cup bid. See you then. The December edition of Australian 442 is on sale now. We're 50 issues old, and to celebrate, we're listing the 50 defining moments of Australian football, including Aloisi's penalty, FFA's Dutch Revolution, and Vidmar's exit tears. Elsewhere, we catch up with rising Socceroos star Reese Williams. Italy and AC Milan legend Franco Baresi tells us what it's like to miss a penalty in a World Cup final. And there's a free Football Manager 2010 game demo with every issue. The December edition of Australian 442, it's on sale now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Welcome back to the 442 Insider Podcast. And now it's uh, time to have a look at some of the top news stories from our website, au.442.com. And the breaking news overnight was the seeding pots being announced by FIFA for the upcoming World Cup draw. Big news is that England made the top eight seeds and France missed out. At the ex- Quite right. Probably at the expense of England and Holland, really. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the rumours that Holland were going to be in the second pot because of their non-qualification for 2002. 2002. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, I can't see how you can have a top seed who made who qualified through the playoffs. Yeah. You know, how they can be seeded above a team like Holland for this World Cup. Um, but again, you know, it's just classic FIFA. What day is it? Third of the day before the draw, they they decide yeah. how the draw is going to be done. It's just like this, you know, whether the playoffs going to be seeded or not. Well, you know, what, we'll say one thing, and then we'll decide it a bit later, and depends what suits us. And I think, you know, it, it's it's FIFA sort of, you know, is there a little bit of a hidden penalty there for France? Maybe. Well, the controversy know. was is that they used the FIFA rankings from October and not November. So they used the later rankings. If they had used um, previous formulas, France would have been seeded and not Holland. And had they used November and not October, then England would have missed out to France. So they've kind of like arbitrarily gone, oh, well, let's just choose October because that's better. Yeah. You know, I like the but teams better. But why are we surprised? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, so, I'm... Trev, you got the teams. Do you want to, um, do you want to give them a, a readout in your dulcet tones yeah sure one thing I was going to say before that I mean our understanding of this seeding was it was going to be a mixture of the rankings and previous performances and obviously France were recent finalists yeah um and they've gone for Holland in that group because they're ranked third. And I wonder if, you know, the FIFA rankings get a bit of a hard time, don't they? And people kind of don't respect them as much as they should. So perhaps FIFA have gone, well, look, we're going to put the third seed, you know, right up there to prove that they, they do mean something. Mm. Yeah. But I also think, like, the World Cup final was four years ago. You know, it can be a completely different side. So well, they, they had Zidane, didn't they, basically? Yeah. And now yeah. they haven't, so they're not anywhere near the France they were before. Um, yeah, so I mean, pot one, which is um, you know the host and, and the major seeds, is uh, South Africa, Brazil, Spain, Holland, Italy, Germany, Argentina, and England. So I'm not quite sure. For, you know, from an Australia point of view, it's quite obvious that you'd probably want South Africa, but yeah. for, for a novelty factor, I suppose you'd want England, wouldn't you? Really? Yeah. Um, and then um, pot two. Um, it's going to be Japan, South Africa, sorry, Japan, South Korea, North Korea, Australia, New Zealand, USA, Mexico, 
and Honduras. So we can't get New Zealand, yep. which is a, a shame. shame. Um, pot free, um, which is Africa and um, South America, Ivory Coast, Ghana, Cameroon, Nigeria, Algeria, Paraguay, Chile and Uruguay. And then pot four is the rest of Europe, which has got France and Portugal, which are the two teams to avoid. Um, Slovenia, Switzerland, Greece, Serbia, Denmark and Slovakia. I think you're going to be really happy if you avoid France or Portugal because yeah, those, other, te- tough, those other teams, if you're a top seed or Australia, you're going to be looking to beat, aren't you? I think from, from an interest in Australia perspective, Greece would be the one to pull out of that. I mean, that would be huge. Yeah, and mm. having watched the Greece-Ukraine playoffs... Neither of those teams looked any great shakes. You know? yeah. I mean, they'll be tough to beat, but I think you know they're quite physical, quite strong. I think they'd suit Australia. I think the danger ones would potentially be Slovenia or Slovakia, simply because the temptation would be to underestimate those guys. And both of them, you know, qualified well. Obviously, you know, one of them beat Russia to get here, um, and one qualified comfortably. So I'd say that they'd be the, the sort of danger ones because France and Portugal, at least I think no one would underestimate that. You'd raise your game; it would be a huge game. But the danger is. You pull Slovenia or Slovakia out of the draw, you think, thank God we've avoided Portugal and France, get them first up and get spanked. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The downside of pot, uh, pot free, avoid Ivory Coast at all costs, because especially the form drop was in, I think he can carry them to the, the quarters and semis, potentially he's playing that well. Yeah. Well, the World Cup draw isn't the only business going on in South Africa this week. The bids for the World Cup and some presentations are taking place and Australia offered the world the No Worries World Cup. It said in yeah. a terrible English accent there, was it? No Worries. No Worries, sir. No Worries, Cobber. Yeah. Um, the No Worries World Cup in 2018 and 22. And they had Nicole Kidman. Oh, Nick. Yeah. Um, One of the bids ended up with the prettiest face in Hollywood and we got Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> reference to David Beckham there. And I think Nicole was in the promotional video that was shown to all the delegates. And Nicole said, Our island home, the oldest continent on earth, has never hosted a World Cup. It would be a FIFA World Cup to be proud of. And I think I did see Nicole's eyebrow move just slightly during that uh, monologue. I mean, all, all jokes aside, I know looking at the forums, there's quite a bit of sort of anti Kim and what she got to do with football. It's not about football. No. You know, it's about convincing 24 blokes that this is the right place to host the World Cup. I thought the video was excellent. I thought the bid book's excellent. I think the one thing that Australia was missing, and we talked about this ages ago, was that bit of star power because they went... But I think now that they've sort of anchored their bid in the fact that Australia's participation rates, a million people playing the game, it's growing, it's never been to this region before, it is the oldest continent on earth, blah, 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 blah. And then there's just this added little sprinkle that all of those 24 people will know only Cole Kidman is. Yeah, Oscar-winning so, actress. Exactly. You know, you can't, you can't So it's just that. given it that little bit of a push at a time when all the other bids are together for the first time this week is when all 10 bids will be presented, they'll all present their videos, they'll all present their bid books. I thought it was spot on. Well, what did she win an Oscar for? Was it that one where she had that big nose? That, yeah. That, that yeah. one where she was depressed she, and... Um, um, Beatrix yeah. Potter, was it? Beatrix <laughs> <laughs> Potter? No, it was that really... Virginia Woolf or something. Yeah, something like yeah. that. She had a big nose or something like that. And yeah, you, whenever you put a prosthetic on, you always win it. Well, that's why Charlize Theron won hers in Monster in 2004, wasn't it? Because they managed to make Charlize Theron look that horrible. Yeah. So they had to give so, her an Oscar. Nice link, Trev, because she will be at the World Cup. She will well. be. Yeah, excellent. Love that. Yeah. yeah. And um, another person who put their uh, uh, heavy weight behind the Australian bid was um, Archbishop Des. 
Desmond Tutu. With also quite possibly the best quote I've ever heard from anyone involved in football was when it said, you know, and how much do you support? It said, well, it depends how much money we get. Yeah, yeah. I like the it honesty because that's how it works. Just say that it, you was know. superb. Well, and he's, he's like, thank God, someone's <laughs> finally telling the truth. Well, he said that he's going to back, uh, I will be happy to come to Zurich to support you in the same way if you supported this foundation after Frank Lowy dropped a call one million rand. Which isn't uh, as much as it sounds. Much, it's no, it's uh, 82,000 quid or something like that. But yeah, basically... I think he must have said that after he dropped the, the million rand uh, and not before. But look, if we've uh, we've got two two on our side, we've uh, got to be happy. It's a- I, I mean, I still I think that the bid, in all honesty, is travelling really well. I think it's it's solid, it's stable. You know, it, you compare it with England that seem to be all over the place and people are talking about it being in disarray. There's issues with government funding in the UK now mm. overnight, talking about the government not giving them as much as they wanted. You know, and Australia is just chugging along nice and steady. And when you've got someone like Frank Lowy pulling off PR coups like this, you know, I, I think they're firming. I, I was saying this to Paul the other day, I don't think England are going to get the World Cup. I've got this funny feeling that, that they've got enough enemies, there's only 24 how, people picking. I mean, how they can do it, you know, it's like, it, it's, it must be, if you can just convey in a non-arrogant way you know, this is where football started. We've got the best league in the world with the best players in the world and the best stadiums in the world. I haven't had it since 66. I haven't had it since 66. You know, not we deserve the World Cup, but this is the best place the World Cup could be. Is it that hard Man. to do that? And it, I guess the only weakness I see in the Australian win is the stadiums. You know, yes, they talk about world-class stadiums in the bid book and that, but they're world-class oval stadiums or world-class non-purpose-built stadiums, and that's the real weakness for me yeah. in the bid. Well, moving on, we've uh, on the website this week, we've been doing a, a few interviews with some fans from Melbourne and Sydney, kind of state-of-play type stuff, and uh, there's been some interesting comments, especially Melbourne. We, we spoke to um, Adam uh, Tunner, as he's known, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Andy uh, Tananini. Tananini. I think Tunner's easier to say is probably why he calls himself Tunner as well. But yeah, Adam was talking to Aidan. Uh, the game on the weekend, talking about the the new stadium and the reconfigured Etihad. But an interesting point that came out is the announcement that while most of the games are going to be played at Swan Street next season, they are going to go back to Etihad for a few games. And I think that um, a lot of fans are a bit upset about that, aren't they? That you know, if they're going to go over to a new stadium and pack it out, get some atmosphere, then they should be staying there rather than going between the two. I'd agree. And if you look at the the Sydney home game this year, it drew thirty thousand. I think 31,000 which is capacity at the new stadium Mm. you know I think that you know was it season 2 and it was 50,000 I think that sort of novelty factor has diminished slightly and and I think I I agree if if that's your home ground that's your home ground if you sell it out all the better because what that then means is we talked about crowd numbers a lot this season but if the big games sell out then it puts pressure on people to think I can't wait till the last minute I need to put my tickets a little better yeah I need to take a membership be a member one yeah. way of guaranteeing that you're in every game is taking a membership and that's what we should be doing is you know and sellouts don't hurt in that 
I don't think it'd be great if the two Sydney games and one of the Adelaide games sold, sold out every season because that then helps the other home games sell more tickets or sell them quicker yeah and Trev the Cove there was some comments from, from some of the guys there as well and it's all kind of positive stuff it seems as though at least from a Sydney and Melbourne perspective they didn't really have this kind of ticketing problem that, that some of the other teams have but you know there's a very kind of positive vibe coming out from, from a lot of what they've been saying about the football and Levitska and mm. atmosphere in the Cove they're kind of uh, the two sort of standard bearers of, for the league aren't they well I mean yeah the atmosphere is still good in the Cove and Sydney's home for has been really good this season so they've had you know plenty, plenty to cheer about too yeah Moving on, uh, another news story was Lucas Neal stating that he, he's uh, very much aware that he's got plenty of work to do to ensure he gets a regular game at new club Everton in the lead-up to the 2010 World Cup. He said, I've just got to keep on working in training. When you get the chance to play, you've got to try and put a good workload in. It's a friendly rivalry between he and the other players in the position and kind of good for the manager because he's got the choice of various players to play in the positions. So, I mean, I think we were a little bit surprised about when he chose Everton but he's obviously got his eyes wide open about uh, the competition and the fact that he might not be playing every game yeah I think he might have that might have remedied itself in the short term at least because I think Heitinger picked up an injury against Liverpool and might be out for a few weeks so that would open the door for, for Lucas Neal obviously they're still in the Europa League mm. I think they won this morning, didn't they? One they nil. One nil up, one yeah. Nil, but he so, can't play in those until January, can he? Yeah, so, but if they stay in that competition, yeah. and, you know, then Everton may, maybe go on a decent FA Cup run. I think he's going to get game time. And yeah. like I say, he's training with a Premier League squad. He's on the bench every game. You know, I think that's certainly at a level that you'd want him to be at. Yeah. When he has played, he's played a, a right back and I do not like him at right back. He used to make me nervous at West Ham when he was there. I don't think he's got, you know, the pace to play there I think he's far better in the centre so if he does get a regular spot I'd rather it be in the centre for him Yeah, Great stuff lads that's all the time we've got for in this section but join us after the break as we'll be chatting to Adelaide keeper Eugene Galakovic about his United's fall from grace join us then All together now Australian football legends John Cosmina and Kevin Muscat have come together for the first time since their headline-grabbing sideline stoush nearly three years ago to become very special members of the Green and Gold Army on tour at the 2010 FIFA World Cup. With over 100 Socceroos caps between them, Cosy and Muskie will be arm-in-arm with the Green and Gold Army in South Africa and you could be there with them enjoying the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's FIFA authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australia group stage games, four additional World Cup group stage games, transfers to and from games and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg, just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 7 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. Hi, I'm Matt Mackay of the Brisbane Roar, and you're listening to the 442 Insider Podcast. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to the 442 Insider Podcast. And now we're going to have a chat with Adelaide United goalkeeper Eugene Galakovic. Big story really is Adelaide's fall from grace. This time last year they were doing fantastically in the Asian Champions League final, flying there and flying in the league. And now they find themselves on the bottom of the table. So Trevor, fresh from his exploits in Germany, had a quick chat to Eugene. And here's the interview. Hi Eugene, cheers for chatting to the 442 Insider Podcast today. Um, look, first question, it's, it's been a tough time for uh, Adelaide in, in recent weeks. I mean, the loss to North Queens and Fury last week sent you to the bottom of the ladder. Um, how was that received in the camp? Yeah, it's not good being on the bottom of the ladder, especially when you're not really playing good football and you're not getting results. So, um, you know, our aim is this week on Friday um, to get three points and we should be back up there. But uh, like you said, it's been, it's been a bit disappointing, but uh, we're looking to rectify that on Friday night. Sure, I mean, you know, 12 months ago you'd reached the final of the Asian Champions League, you know, was preparing to go over Japan for the Club World Cup and you're at the top of the A-League. I mean, what's happened in that period? Yeah, well, it's a whole new season and uh, as you can see, it's all pretty close. So um, we're not too far away. Obviously, we're struggling at the moment, but in terms of results, we're only a couple couple wins off the top six. So it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, you know, we're looking, like I said, on Friday to to get a, get a result and get right back up there. We need to start performing on the pitch, and if we can do that, then I uh, can't, see, can't see why not. It's not going to happen. I mean, things don't seem to have been the same since um, Aurelio Vidmar had that sort of slight outburst in the, the final series last season. I mean, did that outburst affect the players at all? Not at all. It's, like I said, it's a whole new team, and uh, players have come and gone, and, you know, it, it's... You know, it's a fresh start. It was a new season, and um, you know, it had nothing to do with the outburst at all. I don't think. Okay, I mean, the Adelaide defence really was the platform for so much success last season. I mean, you only shipped nineteen goals all season. I mean, you've already leaked more than one, more than that this season. Um, you know, what, what do you think's happened on that front? Yeah, we've conceded more goals, uh, but you know, if you look over the league, I think everyone's conceding a lot of goals, and you know, we're still, I think, the top four is in conceding the most amount of goals so we're doing alright in that aspect I think uh, you know our average on scoring goals is less than one a game so I think you know we need to score more goals to um, you know get the pressure off, off the defenders and if we score earlier it, it's more of a chance we're going to um, either get a result out of the game so you know we, we've got to start scoring goals and uh, you know the pressure will be taken off yeah, fair enough. I mean, as expected, the loss of uh, Sasha Ogonovsky at the back was a massive blow, I mean, both in terms of the defence and with the odd goal. I mean, have you noticed that as well this season? Yeah, he's a big, uh, he's a big loss. But in saying that, um, you know, Rudin's been a great signing and I think he said uh, in and done a job, uh, you know, as good as uh, Sasha. It's just, I think, a, a team, team performance where we haven't defensively uh, been being strong, you know, you defend from the front and I don't think we've done that this year. Sure, okay. I mean, Adelaide have got two really bright stars at the back in, in Daniel Mullin and Scott Jamison. I mean, do you think that they've kicked on in the way they might have hoped this season? I think they had a very good season last year, but, you know, it's, it's a second season now and they'll probably have to step up even more, you know, to get probably noticed. But, uh, you know, they'll come back in the team and I'm pretty sure this Friday you'll probably see a lot of changes because, uh, what we did on the weekend wasn't acceptable and I think definitely there'll be a few players dropped and you know they're a chance and the boys that played in the youth team are there a chance as well because uh, they do it right they, they won the game and apparently the senior boys who played in the youth game uh, did well so you know there's going to be uh, a lot of changes this week I'd say OK I mean speaking personally have you been happy with your performances this year? I think you've got to look at it as a at team, team performance and I don't think uh, 
you know, I think everyone's uh, been below par. You look at us on the ladder and it says it all. We're, we're last and uh, it, it's not very, uh, it's not going anywhere. So, you know, I think on the team performance, I think everyone's trying to let, let themselves down and let the team down. Sure. I mean, any A-League player hoping to be on the plane to South Africa next year you know, didn't need a good season this season. They needed a spectacular one to make PIMS 23. Um, do you think your chances of making the World Cup next year have gone now? I always give myself a chance. But uh, like I said, when your team's sitting last, uh, it, it's going to be very hard. But I think uh, it'll probably come down to um, the ACL. And if we do well in the ACL, then he might... He might Give us players a looking, uh, us Melbourne Victory and uh, Adelaide players a looking. But other than that, um, you can only really see Craig Moore and uh, Chile and I probably going to the World Cup from the A League. Sure. I mean, you mentioned the Asian Champions League there. Have you thought ahead about how tough that might be come the end of the regular season? Yeah, well, it's like I said, it's, it's a new start. Um, you know, we're still going to concentrate on the A League, but once that's when that. Once that starts, and it, um, it's a new start, and you know we'll look to you know get off to a good start, and uh, anything can happen. Like uh, the year we did well, uh, we didn't make the finals, we missed out on the finals, and I think we finished uh, sixth or seventh, and uh, we progressed through the group stage and did very well uh, through the whole ACL campaign. Sure, okay. you recently signed a, a four-year deal um, extension with with Adelaide. Um, you know you're 28 now, but you've spoken in the past about playing overseas. I mean, what's the plan on that front? Yeah, I found a new four-year deal with Adelaide, and um, obviously very happy here. Um, hopefully, we get a uh, you know, few more wins, and uh, we'll be a happy team. But going overseas, you know, I think any player that will get an offer to go overseas would have to look at it, and if it happens, then I'll definitely look at it. And uh, you know, I'm still pretty young for a goalkeeper, so we'll see what happens. And if it does happen, then I'll be I'll definitely look at. it. Uh, okay, I mean, going on to this weekend, like you say, you've got Newcastle Jets. I mean, they're coming off the back of a great result in Sydney last weekend. You know, they played three up front, they had an equally attacking bench. I mean, do you expect them to come at you in the same manner? Yeah, definitely. We've, we haven't had a good uh, record at home, and uh, we're, we're looking to rectify that. And Newcastle are a uh, good team, they, they, play, they play good football, and, um, you know, we're playing at home, and we, we want to we wanna get a win, especially for our supporters who probably. Um, haven't had the best best of times lately, and if we do that, then look, we're right in the mix. Newcastle's up there now, and uh, we've got to keep keep up with the team in front of us. So yeah, definitely. Sure. I mean, like you mentioned, earlier, strictly speaking, I mean Adelaide are only three points away from a finals place as they're six going through this season. So you know, making the finals is is more than in your reach. But I mean, what do you think the key's going to be to you know not only making the finals, but once you get there, actually making an impact? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we, we've got. To, we're going to work hard to get there first, and if we do that, then we're a chance. But um, I think the players are probably down on confidence right at the minute, and every game seems like to be a crunch game. And if we we get a few wins on the board, then uh, you know boys will get their confidence back, and we'll probably be in the finals because uh, we'll be getting the points. But you know, it's like it's all cliche, but it's like one game at a time for us because uh, we lose this week, and our season looking even worse than it did last week. So yeah, we'll just concentrate on Newcastle. Sure. Okay, great, Eugene. Thanks for taking the time to speak to the 442 Insider podcast today, mate. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Appreciate it. So there was some pretty interesting stuff going on there in that interview. I mean, he didn't really give that much away, but I think the the overall gist of it, as Andy said earlier on, is that some of the players have got to go out there and take responsibility, and they've, they've got a lot of experience out there as well. Um, people who've been playing in the A-League know what it takes to, to get results. Do, you, do we think that that's the, the, the main issue that they need to address? 
Yeah, I think so. And they're, they're making all the right noises, and you know, really Dan as well as we talked about earlier. But um, yeah, you know, they've just got to do it on the pitch. You know, we, they, they can say all they like and roll out the yes, we've got to take more responsibility. But ultimately, they've just got to go out onto the pitch and, and translate that and and do what they say. You know, and as we said, they're, they're only three points off final spot it's not like it's you know season over it's not like they're adrift at the bottom and it's not like they're going to get relegated you know so I think they just need to go out and and start believing in themselves a bit because it's arguably the same squad that was in this position last year Mm. Um, you know with the addition that you'd probably say of of a couple of handy additions like Rudon at the back you know I think he's, he's, he's certainly a good leader at the back he's strong he's solid and it's it's a bit of a surprise why they're down there, really. And he made a good, sorry, Trevor, he made a good point about you know not trying to get too disconnected from the bottom and getting too far adrift. That you know that this game on the weekend is very important, isn't it? It's a huge game for them. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I was asking him about you know the defence hasn't been as tight this season because only 19 last season conceded 20 already this. But you know he raised a valid point that you know all the all the top teams are conceding a lot of goals, but Adelaide just aren't scoring enough. Um, I'm really supply, surprised that. Um, Lloyd Owusu hasn't been a better signing for them because he had such a great record in England and we talk about the A-League being a similar level to League One and he was brilliant in League One so I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't um, done better Travis Dodd was so consistent for them last season and he's had a few injuries he's one of those players that you know when he gets injured takes him a few weeks to get back into it as well yeah. seems to be every time he's getting himself back he picks up another knock so you know that's not helping either and like I mentioned in the interview I don't think they replaced Sasha Ogvanovsky properly at first with, with Ian Fife, it's interesting when I asked him about that. He didn't say Ian Fife, who was the original replacement. He mentioned Mark Rudin, who has come in and, and done a far better job. And again, like I asked him, I don't think Mullen and um, Jamison have kicked on in the way that perhaps they, they would have hoped this year either. So just a combination of loads of little things, really. If you look, they've conceded fewer goals than Melbourne. You know, Melbourne are leading the comp. You know, I think, but you only need to look at the goals for, and that's that's the problem. They've scored the fewest goals in the league, yeah. and that's why they're bottom. Is because they've not been able to. When we see in other teams that get to the bottom, the likes of Newcastle, the likes of Fury, they'll then go and, and put two or three goals in. Adelaide haven't done that. You know, they've only scored 14 goals in 16 games. You know, that's awful. Yeah. That's less than a goal a game, and you know that you, that's the only place you need to look for where their issues are. One uh, one bright spark has been Lecky. Yeah, he's a uh, he, he's he's a guy who's impressed, you know, almost in every game he's played, and he looks like he knows uh, where the goal is. He, you know, could he be the person that they could build around and and, and hopefully he's get young. out of their trouble? He's young though, isn't he? Eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? You'd hope that they'd have the other players there, and he could be used more sparingly or as an impact player. So you know, I think that shows that the depth of their problems. If we're talking about an eighteen-year-old to build around, yeah. but again, you know. Also, if I was, you know, I'd be looking at sort of what Branco did at the weekend and think, you know what, we're not going to get relegated. Yes, we're on the bottom. The way to get out of this is to start scoring goals. And he went and played three-four-three and scored three away at, at Sydney. You know, the, the defences in the A League are not particularly strong. Yet Vidmar, for for a large part of this season, has insisted on only playing one up front, yeah. which automatically plays into the hands of defences on that because there's there's no pressure on the ball they can play the ball out you know with, with limited pressure and what Branco did at, at the weekend was put pressure on the defence you know let's see him play you know and, and Adelaide have got one of the better defences as we've seen so I, I think you know he just needs to have a bit of confidence and, and definitely two up front and who you knows maybe even play three up front play a Wusu 
Cristiano and Lecky just behind them. Yeah, more time will tell. They've got a home game on the weekend, so uh, we'll be looking at that after the break. It's all the time we got for in this one. But, uh, yeah, join us after the break as we'll be looking at all the games in round 17. See you then. The December edition of Australian 442 is on sale now. We're 50 issues old, and to celebrate, we're listing the 50 defining moments of Australian football, including Aloisi's penalty, FFA's Dutch Revolution and Vidmar's exit tears. Elsewhere, we catch up with rising Socceroos star Reese Williams. Italy and AC Milan legend Franco Baresi tells us what it's like to miss a penalty in a World Cup final. And there's a free Football Manager 2010 game demo with every issue. The December edition of Australian 442, it's on sale now. Back to 442 Insider. Welcome back to the 442 Insider Podcast and we're in the final leg now where we're going to have a look at all the games in round 17 at the Hyundai A-League. The early game on Friday is between Wellington Phoenix and Melbourne Victory, 5.30. So uh, get off from work and get down the down the pub to watch this one. Should be uh, a decent game in the sense that Melbourne are playing pretty well at the moment or from the last game at least and uh, Phoenix are a, a decent proposition at home aren't they? Yeah they are I mean Phoenix will want to get back to, uh, to sort of winning ways I think as well um, Melbourne has sort of struggled you know where, when Sydney play well with their, with their three at the back they're still playing now with Leia, Vargas and Muscat one of the dangers with Melbourne, and, and this was exposed with Sydney, is when you've got mobile front men that start pulling you wide, and that leaves room for people coming through. And in Eiffel and Greenacre, they've got probably two of the more mobile centre forwards, and I think that's probably would be Wellington's best hope of some joy would be getting Bertos, Greenacre, and an Eiffel pulling Leo and Musket and, and Vargas out of the middle. You know, and, and so I think they might get some joy with that. Should be a good game. You know, Wellington are good at home. Um, play some decent football Melbourne off the back of last week will go there full of confidence good test for Melbourne as well because they've had a, a good couple of results and can they be the one team that will string four or five wins together yeah Trev where's the smart money on for this one because you always get it wrong so whatever you say we yeah know where the smart exactly is. I think it, I'm really looking forward to this I think it's got potential to be an absolutely cracking game because Wellington are so good at home Melbourne are good on the road and good in general yeah. um, both of them are going to look to score goals so I think it's going to be a high scoring um, draw two all or three all okay Great, so nil-nil then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely, um, definitely a nil-nil. Second game, Adelaide United against Newcastle Jets. We spoke quite a bit about Adelaide in the in the last segment, but do we see uh, uh, Vidmar's men turning around and actually getting a victory in, in this one, or do we see the Jets pushing on from last week? Big question for me here would be, I think we'd tell a lot. I know we've, we've given Branco credit for the 3-4-3, and did he pick that specifically for Sydney and to push Sydney's fullbacks back? I guess we'll answer that question with what formation he puts out on Friday. And I guess if he just puts out 3-4-3 again, then maybe it was just he decided, I'm going to put three strikers up. And it was more by luck than judgment or whether he'll play a different system against Adelaide. If it was me, I'd probably stick with it. You know, Bridges was fantastic. I mean, he's a quality player and not just goal scorer. You know, it was the, the goal he laid on for, for Thompson as well. I think it was, mm, the, yep. you know, the one-two. Um, and he's just signed for another two years, as we said earlier. So I think he's a, he's a quality player and he, he just provides 
a focal point for the whole attack and that's what Newcastle have been missing because they've got players that can play you know Song in midfield Thompson in midfield and what they were lacking was that person up front to hold the ball and bring them back into play so I think they've got that now I'll, I'll tip them to go there and win Oh, I might have to have a similar showdown this year with Kevin. I, I, I think Adelaide might Don't win. get in my face. See what happened <laughs> to Ayers last week. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to go for um, go for Adelaide. Like I was saying earlier, when everyone gets to the bottom, they seem to dig out a result. Um, and, you know, the Jets haven't fully convinced me despite a great performance in Sydney. So I think Adelaide will do just enough 1-0. I think they'll edge them out. Fair enough. The game on Saturday... Uh, Sydney FC against North Queensland Fury at uh, the SFS and he's uh, told us off air what, what his plans are for that day but uh, fill us in now to let, let the I world know I won't be in the game because I'm on a stag do which has the promising to be a very interesting stag do with 25 lads on a boat with a poker table and a DJ for four wow. hours the, the blue um, oyster boat is it yeah the, something like that yeah. so I'll probably be very very drunk and I think the odds of it having Foxtel on are zero yeah. so I think I'll be following that on our website funny enough you, which is the state you'd need to be in to watch Sydney FC play at the moment <laughs> really, isn't it um, how do you see that one Trev because Fury uh, Fury have got a knack of knowing how to win games at the moment they went through that period where they you know they'd fight back but they they seem to be a well a well coached team now you know Terry Cook and McBreen playing well and Fowler obviously do you think they can get anything from this well, they did last time it was that cracking Fowler goal wasn't yeah. it um, they managed to beat him 1-0 I think Sydney are going to be sort of keen to bounce back I'm quite looking forward to you know you talk about not being at the game on a Saturday night I'm looking forward to a Saturday night game to be honest with you I've been really sick of the Sunday kickoffs. I know they were supposed to get like the family I market hate them. but I like having a few beers yeah, at the yeah, football yeah. then going out afterwards and well, you perfect know. for me was the Friday night games you yeah. know that Sydney have not played on a Friday night and the only two Saturday games have been the two Fury games I mean, they've, they've not marketed it this time as the Robbie Fowler show which was what they did last time so I, I don't know if we'll see quite so many Liverpool shirts in the crowd yeah. Um, but yeah I mean I, I think the Sunday 5 o'clock has gone too far the other way you know you can understand why they did it for the families but for me Friday night after work, leave a car at home, straight to the game, few beers, whole weekend ahead of you. Have yeah, they got definitely. one this not season one, at all? Not one Friday night game. Is there another? I mean, this is the first Saturday night, isn't it? Or? No, the, the, the other Fowler games are Saturday Fowler night. And well. every other game's been a Sunday? Every other game, Sunday, 5 wow. o'clock, and every other game from now, apart from the Mariners game on the 23rd of December, is, uh, is a Wednesday. Wow. Mm, that, that would affect numbers, I would have thought. Anyway, the second game on uh, Saturday, Gold Coast United against Central Coast Mariners, the, the battle of the coasts. They've uh, coast you know, they're struggling there, obviously. I mean, this could be... I mean, you look at this. This could be nil-nil. It could be 4 0 to the Gold Coast, it could be 4 0 to the Mariners. Which it was the last time, wasn't yeah. it? This is the one where, goal, uh, where the Mariners went off, wasn't it? And they scored uh, and someone got sent off for. Uh, you know, it's like it, it, this could go any one of extremes. Now, this, isn't gonna, this could be like an odd goal, it could be 0 0. Well, that's it why it's good that we got Trevor here, isn't it? Because he's always spot yeah, on. Trev's spot on. I'm going to tell you exactly going? what happened. There's no point even watching this game after I've told you what's going to happen. But okay. I think the Gold Coast are going to struggle to score. They really don't have many strikers. It's pretty much just smell. Um, I think the Mariners will go there and win um, not by a massive margin they'll probably just edge them out but yeah I'm yeah. going to tip the Mariners for an away win there oh, okay. 
There you go. Smells full. So I'm looking forward to next week's podcast already. So but yes, right. So in your face. In your face, one, everyone. One way or another. Uh, the last game on Sunday, Perth Glory against Brisbane Raw out at ME Bank Stadium. It's a 4pm local kickoff, but 7pm Eastern. Perth at home pretty much unbeatable aren't they They're a very different proposition and uh, for Brisbane free scoring Serge Van Dyke after Trevor called him crap as, uh, he's really gone well. off hasn't he since he's, I said he's, that he's obviously <laughs> all these boys obviously listen to this podcast I'm going to take this Trahan and shove my gold up his bunghole I think is what he said that wasn't actually a taping that was me doing it no it was that convention wasn't it uh, how do we see this one uh, yeah Perth definitely but I mean it it's a big test for Brisbane because it was so impressive last week. They did spend a lot of the game against Wellington playing against 10 men after Musk got sent off mine. But, you know, like we said, Perth are you know, really, really good at home and that's the reason they're going to be in the finals they're home for. Mm. Andy? Yeah, Perth glory, Brisbane raw, home win. That's all we need yeah, to say. So, so. Now, before we go, there is a, a special announcement. These two mad fellas sitting in front of their crazy mad fellas. <laughs> They're going to be up at 3.30 We will be logging on. On Saturday, Saturday, Saturday morning, morning. Friday so night, Saturday morning. Friday night, Saturday morning for the World Cup draw. Andy, talk us through uh, what will be happening. Yeah, we'll be doing our live chat. So uh, get online, register now so you can get sent an email reminder uh, and you can log in. So me and Trev will be there. There'll be, oh, there'll be everything. There'll be texts. There'll yeah. be uh, polls, pictures, polls, polls. Candy Tre- floss. Candy floss. You yeah. can be the first to see Trev's exclusive behind the scenes pics of the World Cup ball. Yep. Um, Exciting. And it'll be a bit of banter. So SBS in one eye, 442 website in the other. Exactly. Definitely. Everything you need. React live to what's happening. Pictures of Charlize Theron. She'll be there as well. So. Really? Excellent. I can promise that. It's a guarantee. Well, so, yeah, log on. So, all right. That sounds great. So, yes, we'll, we'll urge you all to get online. And, uh, You're not joining us, Paul? I might join you near the end, but uh, <laughs> depends oh, whether the boy, the like, I've, my boy keeps me up all hours. So you know, if you, you know, I, up, I might have a kid because it's an instant excuse, isn't it? It's great. It's there it. straight it's away. Brilliant. Oh, I can't make it out tonight. Oh, I've got to leave early. You know, yeah. the kids playing up. Yeah. And uh, me and Trevor are off tonight to try and win you an award. Yes, aren't we, Trev? Trev, up for a big one. What is it? Australian, Australian Media Awards. Australian Sports Council Sports Media Awards. Okay. Trev um, shortlisted for best profile of a athlete team or coach for his two-part profile Gold Coast United I'm, I'm, I think my rival might be that Yelena Dokic profile because she's got all the ingredients you know a comeback crazy dad I've got no comebacks no crazy dads and a, and a cocoa pop above her lip exactly well, so you can't beat so like that. we'll have to but I mean regardless we're going to have a good time because there's a free jolly up and we'll we'll we, we, we might even do a little uh, podcast on our phone afterwards to put in next week you do live you text win. us at the awards yeah. Yeah. Twitter yeah I like we're twittering it alright so have, have a look on Twitter you've got to do we'll, an interview we'll with Trev to play in next week's podcast. Win right. or lose. All right, about three o'clock yeah. in the morning. All right, that's pretty, I like to think it was. Uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I belong to Jesus. That's oh. awesome. <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for indulging us in uh, that section and the entire 442 Insider podcast this week. Thanks very much to Simon for uh, working the decks today. And don't forget, you can listen to us on the interpipe at au.442.com. Com. How can Long I always week you're going to get that right? <laughs> and you can subscribe. Shows off and he goes on. You can subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Uh, thanks for listening, and don't forget to cheek us next woke. Uh, see you then. Bye. Four Four Two Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.